Folks, Fly Purpley is back. I am pumped to be back. And you know what else is back? Football is back. And Bet Online is your number one information source for all of your sports wagering info with all of the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Folks, I think you know what we're going to say here. We lived, bitch. I was going to say, in the words of the great sage scholar Aaron Lewis, he's neither of those things. It's been a while. It's been a while. We've used this before in ironic fashion, in times where we haven't been away that long, but we have been away. It's actually been a while. while. (laughs) It's been a while. And, you know, this messy bitch of a podcast has had to figure some shit out. And we are, much like the Flyers, we are in a rebuilding phase. We are going through changes and what are those changes you probably know but in case you don't know because i i can't take this stuff for granted bill Matz and charlie o'connor two of our nearest dearest podcast friends have departed for greener pastures uh they have joined the crew over at phly which is a new startup that is just like trying to dominate the world of sports journalism and they got some of the best names out there and Bill and Charlie are some of the best names we know. So we wish our friends over there the best of damn luck. Like, damn. Yeah. That, that is, like, it sucks to lose them from the podcast. But, you know, like, I'm just happy for those guys. I'm happy they're getting this opportunity. And I just know they're going to crush it. Listening to Broad Street Hockey Radio the last, what is it, six years now? Six, six longer than that. Yeah, like it's, six, seven, yeah. eight years or something like that. Listening to BSH Radio over the last however long it's been has made me better as a podcast person. Like they have, like Bill and Charlie have done excellent work for Broad Street Hockey and they're continuing to do excellent work for PHLY. And let us not forget that Kelly and Steph have also done excellent work and they have also helped improve my abilities as not even just in journalism, but like in podcast in everything, um, everything in the, in the sports media realm, um, has been improved because of that podcast. Um, and I would go yeah. as, as far to say that the only reason I'm still doing this is because of BSH radio. Yeah. And that's because like I did the flyers faithful podcast for a while I did, I tried to keep it going with Flyerdelphia, didn't work out, 
We did not see eye to eye on the vision of the site, so I departed. I tried with Patterson Avenue, which is where Flyperbole started with uh, the amazing Craig Forsyth. And then one day, I, you know, Craig was writing for BSH, and he talked to Steph, and Steph had an idea to to bring Flyperbole over to BSH, and I was absolutely fucking terrified of doing this at first because I had been burnt so badly by some previous experiences. And I, I really did not have the heart to keep it going at a, a higher level. And I was also worried about changing because, because of where I was mentally, I did not really like want to put that much more effort into it. And I wanted to keep the weird energy that I had going with Craig. And the thing Steph said to me is I don't want to change a fucking thing come on board and do your thing. We want you to be you. And goddamn, she's stuck by her word. I've never been asked to change one damn thing about this podcast. I've been able to do this podcast like I want to, like a morning zoo radio show <laughs> meets a flyers podcast. And that's, I have so much goddamn fun doing it. It's the only reason I'm still doing it. But regardless, the thing is like, why a lot of you are listening to me because my reach was very minimal. I am a terrible, terrible marketer. Okay. And it's only because of BSH radio that I'm here. Most of you are listening to me and I, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing and they're amazing people. And I'm glad we still have Steph and Kelly. I want to get them on podcasts as much as possible. Uh, I think some of the, the funniest podcasts I've done in the past like couple years have been the ones with Kelly and mm -hmm. yeah like they're, they're freaking awesome so like let's keep it going the thing is the most important thing is we're not fucking going anywhere okay SP Nation couldn't kill us all right this ain't killing us we have a new feed so you're probably already listening to that new feed if you're hearing this but I'm going to pump it out on all of my social media again this week but there's a new feed, all right, but it's the same podcast. We're here. We ain't doing... There might be some different stuff down the road, okay? We are talking internally about what the future of Broad Street Hockey podcasting looks like. There's a but, lot. There's a lot of planning going on right now. There's still some things being worked out, but Flyperbole is here to stay. We're not going anywhere. Yes. And I'm not fucking leaving. We're not leaving. And not leaving. There will be. Don't be surprised if there are a couple new shows, and don't be surprised if one of those new shows is uh, pretty significant. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty true. I'm excited for this new stuff coming along. So stay tuned. Lots to come. And the thing is, regardless, I'm going to do a fly purpley until the day I stop podcasting. Okay, even if we have like new shows that I might host or whatever. I still need to do a fly purpley because it is the only outlet for my weird energy. And if I don't have an outlet for that, my weird energy, Emily will leave me and nobody wants, no that. one wants a divorce. No one wants a divorce, no, no. even when you're not technically married. So it wouldn't be that messy. No <laughs> one wants a breakup. Yeah. It, it might as well be a divorce. We've been together 10 years, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's been a while and yeah. Yeah, baby. We are here, though. I'm fired up. The Phillies are in the playoffs. You right are now. fired up. Okay? I'm not. Like, this is the most fired up I think you've been for a pod. See, because the Flyers have just sucked all the life out of us for all these years. So Listen, I'm watching Reese Hoskins head bob and dance, despite the fact that he's been hurt all year in the dugout, okay? I'm watching the Phillies up 3 nothing on the Miami Marlins right now. I hope I 
the score does not look bad on me later. But Steve, point, you just lost. Phillies, you just lost the game for the Phillies. I hope. You- <laughs> well, yet again, I have fucked up. But uh, I'm going tomorrow night too, which I, I'm very pumped about. I have oh, not cool. been to a Phillies playoff game before last year, and. Holy shit, those two play- Phillies playoff games I went to were amazing. So I am hooked, and I would like to go in every round again if I can. But uh, regardless, I am going to the wild card game too, and I'm pumped about that. I'm pumped about the Phillies. I also have had some time off, which is nice. Like, I was a little ragged, and... We needed a little time a off. a lot going on. I think we needed a little time off. Like, what was it, a month that we've been away? Close to that, at least three yeah. weeks, because... We recorded before I went away to Chicago, and I went to Chicago Labor Day week. So we hadn't recorded since before Labor Day. And by the way, Chicago had a great time, and I saw a couple Pearl Jam shows there, and awesome as always. But I had to cringe on night two because Chris Chelios came out, okay? Chris Chelios, he's a big friend of the band and everything. And obviously he played for the Chicago Blackhawks for a long time. Uh, and I know him best for Ron Hextall smashing him in the face with his blocker, justifiably so in the 1980s, but with the Montreal Canadiens, but uh, Chris Chelios came out and they announced that first off, they honored Rocky Wirtz. And I think Kelly Hinkle and I were the only people in the stadium who were silent when this happened. No one else. <laughs> who, like, like, who fucking, else? Yeah. Yeah, like me and me and Kelly have like our arms crossed. Like I'm not fucking clapping for Rocky no, Wirtz. No, you don't. No, you can't do that. But the rest of the stadium's like clapping. I'm like Jesus Christ. And then, but what was kind of cool after that, they announced. Chelios didn't know about this, but they announced that the uh, that Chicago would be retiring his number uh, later this season. How nice. Good for him. Yeah. I know. It's like one of those, like, I fucking hate the Blackhawks organization. Just like, what a bunch of shitheads. But at the same time, like, you know, it's cool to, I guess, see that moment. But like Chelios also, as a Flyers fan, no fan of Christopher Chelios over there. Yeah. We, he, I, who even is he? I don't even know who that is. You don't know who Chris Chelios is? No, of course I do. Of course I know Chris okay. Chelios. Oh okay. Okay. Here's the thing, Quiggs. I was concerned for uh, a second. I, I was legit concerned. Yeah. I would be concerned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I know Chris, Chris Chelios. Chelios. I have heard of. Okay, good, good. All right. Christopher Chelios, Doc. Christopher Chelios. I don't think I've ever heard him called Christopher Chelios. No, no. Because of Christopher Letang, Doc. That's all I can think of. Well, it's out there now. It's up there it's now. It's up there now. It's, it's in what the I'm calling him now. He's Christopher Chelios. Christopher yeah. Chelios. But yeah, I had a great time in Chicago. I had uh, another deep dish place probably maybe the best of the bunch i'm not sure but uh it was pequods which is the same place they got deep dish on the bear i also went to mr beef which is the place that apparently the the beef italian beef restaurant that the bear is based on and you know kelly really summed it up when she looked at me and she said this is good but it's no italian roast pork no no it's not like not even close Italian roast pork, my friends, if you are not from the Philadelphia area and you are visiting Philadelphia, you will want the cheesesteak. And yes, you should get yeah, the cheesesteak. Yeah, you need steak. to get, well, but yeah, you got to get both. You got to get a roast pork sandwich. The roast pork sandwich is the real gem of the Philadelphia food scene. You go to John's Roast Pork. John's Roast Pork does it great. Uh, Mike's Barbecue just put roast pork on the menu and it's killer. So 
definitely one to check out. And Denix in Reading Terminal is a classic. Denix is so fucking good. Reading Terminal is my favorite place to get, honestly, any food in Philadelphia. Any food. I you love, name a food. I, you I, can I don't get it in Reading Terminal. Yeah, like incredible steaks, incredible roast pork. It's Reading Terminals. Like that's that's the place you go. So. It's awesome. And uh, it's the only good part of jury duty, because when you are a Philadelphia resident and you have jury duty, uh, the courthouse that you do jury duty in is next to Reading Terminal and your jurors badge gets you a discount in Reading Terminal. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Give me jury duty. I'm ready to go. Slap that yellow sticker on and walk in and be like, all right, bitches, come on, give me my roast pork. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's that other? There's another really good cheesesteak joint in Philly that uh, also I think has really good roast pork. And I'm forgetting. Delisandro's. Don't they have uh, roast I pork? I don't think they have roast pork. Don't? I, I don't think if they do, I've never had it, but they have a great cheesesteak. Yeah, uh, Woodrow's has a pretty good roast pork. Yeah, I heard Woodrow's does. Um, Woodrow's is I mean, Woodrow's is a killer sandwich place. My favorite thing from Woodrow's, though, I the cheesesteak's great because they use it. I don't approve of mayo on a cheesesteak but they use a cherry pepper mayo which gives it a little zing it's real nice so speaking of food all this food talk i just got back from nolens down in oh the big easy ever heard of it louisiana um we were down there for a wedding our friends drew and sarah um got married congrats drew and sarah and mazel tov Tov. and uh, we were down there for a couple days and God damn, the food in New Orleans is out of control. Like everything is good. Like, would you recommend taking a trip there? I've never. That's one U.S. city I've never been to. You want to go to New Orleans for four days and then never go again. <laughs> like that's honestly what you want to do. Because like, I, I do not recommend going to Mardi Gras. I have not been to Mardi Gras, but the it sounds bad. The stories I've heard, it is disgusting. Like, like are, they make they all right. So, like, every, like, couple hours or something, if you're out on Bourbon Street, and if you look at Bourbon Street during, like, Mardi Gras, the street is literally packed from side to side with human flesh. They they force all of that human flesh into, like, each, like, bar and restaurant that's on Bourbon Street, clear the streets, and hose down the streets of all the shit and piss and vomit in the street. And then they let everyone back out oh. to do it again. Okay. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's a, honestly like I'm going to sound like a di- New Orleans is not a, is not a beautiful. Well, I shouldn't say beautiful because there are some beautiful parts, but like New Orleans in a lot of ways is a bit of a dump. But it's it's an awesome dump. It's a. Great That's how dump. I feel about Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, like listen, Philly Philly ain't a pretty place. I think we can all agree on that. But yeah, God damn, it's a wonderful place, though, isn't it? And that's kind of <laughs> when, that's kind of how New when Orleans I saw is. John when I saw John Mulaney last year, Mulaney described Philadelphia or he, the building he was playing, which I think was the Academy of Music, as a homeless man shit his pants and then put on a pair of cufflinks. Yeah, that's basically the, <laughs> the city. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I. You go to New, Listen, you go to New Orleans. I love Philly, and I'm sure New Orleans has uh, Nolens has a lot in common. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just kindred spirit cities. Yeah. You know, you go to New Orleans for like four or five days, and you don't go back for a few years. 
you know, like until yeah. until you like forget everything that you did before that you get. Yeah. Then you go back. It's kind of how I feel about Key West. I went to Key West back in like 2015 and most humid place I've ever been in my entire life. I wore yeah. a light blue shirt out one night and it was dark blue at the end of the night. Oh, dude. And it's to this day, the worst fight Emily and I have ever gotten into. So I think Louisiana might contend in terms of in, in the humidity department there. It, I believe it. That's why I was thinking of it when it you was were rough. talking about it. It was rough. Like, so we had, I had my suit on. We had gone to like this, you know, cocktail hour before the, or like the night before the wedding. And we all went out to Bourbon Street after and we went to all these clubs and we're walking around at night. It's nighttime and I'm like sweating through my suit jacket, like through my undershirt, through my button up dress shirt and through my jacket. It was insane. And now granted, I was doing a lot of dancing, doing a lot of pole dancing if we're being, if we're, oh, if we're be- baby. oh yeah. There was hyperbole after dark. Over so it here. wasn't even a strip club or anything. It was literally just a column hanging for, like coming down from the ceiling. And I just started doing it because after two or three there drinks, you, go. you got to do after it. After two, three drinks, Steve, there's nothing I won't do. So, well, and it's all liquor in Nolens yeah. from my understanding. Cause my friends visited a few years ago and we're big, we're big beer drinkers. And I just remember them saying like, I never wanted a beer more than, Day three of being in New Orleans. Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, you go to, what, what is it? Fat uh, Fat Tuesday. You go to Fat Tuesday and you get a couple of those slushies that have like vodka in them. Exactly, you can't even yeah. taste it. And then you have like half of one and you're like taking your pants off and running down the street. It's out of control. So it's, it's, it's totally out of control. It's a fucking wild city. I'll tell you what. It sounds like. Oh, my God. You got to enjoy, man. I saw the one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life when. Ooh. so we were me and my girlfriend, Stacy, were walking down Bourbon Street because we had just landed and it was like 11 a.m. So like no one's really even on Bourbon Street at this hour. Um, right. But we're walking down because like we can't get into our hotel till like one or two or no, I think it was three. So we had like some time to kill. So we're just walking around, checking out the city. And we see, we see this lady who ain't doing, she's not living her best life. She's not doing, she's not, she's not living her best life, Steve. And so she's just walking down the street towards us and she's just cursing. I don't know who she's talking to, but she's just shouting profanities. That's usually a cue for me to cross the street. Yeah. And so she's like walking, like, She's about to like, she's about like 10 feet in front of us. She stops, bends over, picks up a, a, an old cigarette bud that had been sitting on the ground overnight and smokes it. Oh, oh, that's, that's, that's actually a universal symbol for not doing well. Yeah. So she wasn't, like I said, not living her best life. Not, not, no, not, not having a good, great time. And, uh. Then she continued moving on down the street, shouting profanities. I hope she's doing well now. I'm sure she's doing great. She's probably at a spa at this moment. I bet she. <laughs> I bet she is. Yeah, just just getting a nice massage. I bet she. What else would she be doing? What else? I can't think. Getting of a massage. Else she'd be doing. That's all you can do, right? Ah, uh, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. So I, I also I I had a good transition for this, but I can't remember what it I was. I probably ruined it. But no, you didn't ruin no. it. It was based off of something you were saying, and then I got distracted because 
the Phillies had a miscommunication and never mind. This Phillies game is very distracting. Anyway, what I've been dying to talk about, Emily sent this to me a couple weeks ago and I've been dying to talk about this. Are you on the sheet right now on our shared sheet for show notes? I am. Are you at the part where it says Flyers chainmail jersey at Renfair? Flyers chainmail jersey. I am. Okay. So do you see this thing? I do. This guy, this is from the Philadelphia Reddit, and this is from <laughs> user Live in Your Trees or Live in Your Trees. Either way, it's creepy. But this is a freaking amazing thing here. Some dude made a short sleeved Flyers chainmail jersey. It looks like a personalized one for this guy because it says McGuire number nine. Unless Toby McGuire would wear number nine if he was a Flyer, which I don't see why. But it's. This thing is amazing. Like, this guy worked his ass off on it. It's not the current jersey. It's the jersey they wore for the past decade before this. And this thing is ridiculous, but I love it. So, who is the Maguire on the jersey? I'm assuming that's him. Could it be Pierre Maguire? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> could you imagine? Hey, Doc, let me tell you. It could be. Wait, this guy's bald. When you see this... Is this Pierre Maguire? <laughs> it probably is. It's got to be. Pierre... Doc, I'm over here at the Renaissance Fair looking for Christopher Latang. I heard he's the Black Knight today, Doc. But I'll tell you what, Doc. This personalized chainmail jersey, I'm not doing too well. Oh, I got to drink more water, Doc. When you look at this photo, it's like a... It fucks you their brain. Because you've never seen anything like a chainmail Flyers jersey before. So in your brain, you're thinking, damn, like who photoshopped that Flyers jersey horribly? And then you look at it and it's like, <laughs> oh my God, that's just a chainmail Flyers jersey. That's just a chainmail Flyers jersey. So I, I will tell you what, if you are a listener of this show, Mr. McGuire, I will pay you so much money for a chainmail Flyers jersey that I can wear to the Rena- Renaissance Fair next year. You obviously can't go to a Flyers game wearing this. There's no way you're getting through the metal detector in that. But I will 100% wear it around the Renaissance Fair just drinking gallons of beer. I will take a personalized one. I will take an Eric Lindros, a John LeClaire. Who Who is the most appropriate person in Flyers history to be basically a knight? To be Rod Brindamore. To be a knight? I would say Ron Rod Brindamore. Brindamore. Rod Brindamore. Rod the bot. I want a Rod Brindamore chainmail Flyers jersey. All right. I will pay you a lot of money and give you a weekly shout out on the show. Okay. Mr. Pierre McGuire or whatever your name is. If you're a listener, make it happen, Captain. I thought you were saying which like flyer would be most likely to wear a chainmail Flyers jersey. See, that that's a different question yeah. entirely. Because to me. Which I'm also willing to go down that path. Scott Hartnell. Right? I could see him wearing it. Scott Hartnell would definitely do it. He's goofy enough to do that. And Scott Hartnell kind of has night hair. He does. So I, th- I think he would do it. Um, Scott Hartnell would do it. I could, <laughs> I could see Nick Delorier wearing it too. Oh, I could actually definitely see that for sure. Um, yeah. I don't know who else. I feel like those are the main... Those are, I think, those are a couple good names. Yeah. Uh, the Wayne Train, the Wayne Train. No, I don't. I, well, I mean, he would be a knight, but I don't think he would wear chainmail. That's true. He's not, maybe not goofy enough for it. But yeah. who knows? But who knows? Yeah, but I, I think Scott Hartnell's the proper answer there. Um. All right. So speaking of jerseys, 
this is not on the sheet, but I wanted to bring it up anyway. Now that we've seen the Flyers on the ice, I'm bumping up the score of the Flyers jersey to 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10, wow. Almost perfect. Wow. Almost perfect. The only thing it's missing, literally the only thing it's missing, is a border around the um, sleeve numbers. The sleeve numbers fucking suck. I, like, I've actually gotten used to them, and now I don't despise them like I did. But oh, they, I still hate them. I still think they need a border around them. They need a border desperately because the rest of it's pretty good. I still... I still think they made a mistake with no no piping. What no fucking piping? But the the border, the numbers on the sleeve are absolutely horrible. The rest of it's pretty good. The orange looks good on the ice. I'm enjoying that again. Uh, I also need to dock points, and this isn't on the actual jersey itself in a way, but like the Independence Blue Cross patch pisses me off so bad. So I don't even see it when they're playing, so I don't care. I see it all the time, like. Like when I'm like when there's live game action happening, like Travis Konechny's got the puck and he's racing down the ice. I don't see it. Um, okay, every time they do a close up of a player, it is this giant blue piece of shit yeah. that's standing out to me. Yeah, but like you know what? Ah, I don't like it. it. I don't. I, I don't know. I I don't like advertising on jerseys. Period. I don't I either. Think it's horseshit. I don't either. But like, H- how much money do these bloodsuckers need to make? Get out of here. Now, if it was Wawa. I'd love it. Here's the thing. If you just made the colors match the jersey, I wouldn't give that much of a shit. I'd care. I'd be annoyed about it, but I'd be far less annoyed. This is blue. Blue ain't a Flyers color, baby, unless you're talking to that guy from Starter who designed that blue Flyers jersey in the 90s. Yeah. It's like, do it kind of what the uh, the Maple Leafs did, where they just got any milk milk they need they're like we need a white sponsor that would look like a white logo milk it should should be scrapple yeah on yeah scrapple yeah can you imagine if the flyers jersey said scrapple that's a sponsor i can get behind that'd be great um yeah the, oh you know what'd be really funny like to to like annoy the the boston folk is if they got duncan because duncan's orange so mm, that's true that's true that'd and be... that would piss off the the boston folk they love their duncan yeah but we got Duncan Philly, so like it would kind of make sense. There's, you know? I believe they are a Flyer sponsor because yeah. they have that that Duncan mobile truck outside a lot of games, and it gives me a little shot of coffee before I go yell at the Flyers for being lousy for three hours. That's right. So I feel like Duncan would be a good jersey patch. Um, it would be better than Independence Blue Cross, and Blue Cross has been a long, proud local sponsor of the Flyers, but it just is glaring to me. I don't like it. I don't like it. I agree. I agree, I, but... I think it's a nice change up with the jerseys. I love the numbers on the back. I'm still enjoying the nameplate. I think the nameplate's still cool. But uh, yeah, it's just like, I just see it and I'm just seeing the details I'm missing. But maybe by the end of the season, I won't give a shit about those anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. After a while, like the sleeve numbers, like they bothered me so much at first. And now I'm like legit, I'm legit pretty used to it now. It, it just looks so lazy. It just looks like the worst, like, Fanatics bullshit. Well, it is a Fanatics league now, well, technically Steve. It's, well, it will be. I think it's still technically Adidas, oh, but yeah, they yeah, make right. it... I don't fucking know. I don't know. It just looks, it just looks lazy. Just, just give me a little border. That's all. And who knows? Like, I feel like in the NHL, like, teams make little tiny alterations to their jerseys all the time. It's not like in the NFL, in the NFL where like 
if you want to make a change to your jersey, you have to like put in a request, and then you got to wait like oh. five years to do. Like it's bullshit. So, but now we have this glorious Kelly Green, Jalen Hurts jersey that sits behind me. Bless, thank God. Oh, it's beautiful. I can't wait to see it on the field. I can't wait to see it on our four and Philadelphia Eagles. Go Birds. Go Birds. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about the Birds because this is a Flyers podcast after all. But very happy with the four and start. There's some hiccups, but you know what? Four and is four and I think this is a, uh, yeah, well, no, I, I was going to say, I was about to dive deep into Eagles talk, but I don't want to do that. But you know That's what? It's uh, an eagle perbly. Yeah. They're 4-0. We, who do we got this week? The Rams. We got the Rams The Rams, but Cooper Cup might be back. Cooper Cup might be back. We're out. Cam Jurgens is out. That bums me out a little bit. But you know what? You know, you know it'd be cool. The two best, or two of the best Interior defensive linemen, according to Pro Football Focus, are Aaron Donald and can you name the other one? Is it one Jalen Carter? It is, in fact, Jalen Carter. The kid is a beast. Wouldn't it be cool to see Jalen Carter have a career-defining or a career-launching game against really the only other like truly dominating interior defensive lineman in the NFL right now? Yeah, I, I know he's learning from one of the best in Fletcher Cox, but to see him go up against Donald, who's kind of a, a living legend, would be pretty amazing to see him come out on top in that, uh, you know, they obviously won't be going to head-to-head, but, like, I, you know, Carter is, he is blowing up offensive linemen already, and I love it. It's hilarious. Like, I can't believe he fell to the Eagles at, what, seven? That's like yeah. so oh, funny. Something about magic number seven. Yeah, really? What's going on? Picks. Yeah. Jalen Carter for the Eagles. Matt Vemichkov for the Flyers. Love it. Wild. Love yeah. it. Oh, I love it. Now, there is one Eagles related thing that I find incredibly fly appropriate that I've also been dying to talk about. So the entire week I was in Chicago, I kept following this story from back home. And it's funny because I saw this story, I think a little earlier than it hit a lot of other people because I am doing my graduate degree with, or I'm doing grad school through Westchester. Nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Big time nerd. Let me tell you. Such a hey, fucking the company's nerd. Paying for it. The company is paying for it. That's all that matters. But uh, I'm doing my, my uh, MBA through Westchester and I got an email alert about this escaped convict. And I'm like, Oh, well, shit. It's, comforting. it's a good thing I go virtually. Yeah. yeah. I, I go virtually, so whatever. And then it kept going on and it became national news and it was a huge deal. And we kept following it because they hadn't caught the guy. And I think it had been over a week at that point. And then when they finally caught the guy, because he was just hanging out in Pennsylvania, you know, hiding from the police and everything. When they finally caught the guy, what was he caught in? None other than a Philadelphia Eagles hoodie. Go Birds. Go birds. Go birds. <laughs> of all the fucking things to be turning up in. Uh, the guy's from Brazil. I don't think he's a true blue Eagles fan, but it's it's up there with the clip of the guy who's getting arrested and they go, like, do you have anything to say? And he goes, go Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I had to think of when the, I mean, I'm glad they they fucking got this guy because the guy's a real piece of shit. But uh, my favorite part of this was uh, the pen, the governor of Pennsylvania, Shash Shapiro. And Josh Shapiro offered to get whoever had the hoodie stolen a new Kelly Green one. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. It's great. It is the most Pennsylvania, Philadelphia thing that could happen. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. 
I always look for. I obviously didn't enjoy the escape murderer, no, but I enjoyed yeah. Governor Shapiro's reaction. I always enjoy and look forward to each year. Just, just the fact that I know that there's going to be a new Philadelphia sports fan legend born somewhere, somehow. Um, and that, that's a cool little entry into that, uh, into that little, like, sports fan hall of fame. Not, not the fact that he's, like, wearing the, you know, the, the hoodie, but, like, the fact that the governor was like, yo, whose hoodie is that? I'll buy you a new one. Like, yeah, yeah. Amazing. On me. Yeah, on me. Totally on me. Now, I wanted to bounce back to the Flyers real quick because we talked about the jerseys and, you know, for the most part, pretty good, but some mixed reviews. What does not have a mixed review, at least as far as I'm concerned, is the center ice change they have made for the season. And I am super fucking, I am more stoked about this than I have any right to be. But the Flyers went back to double Flyers logos at center ice, and I love it. They never should have abandoned the double Flyers logos. No. It looks great. It looks so it, good. Oh, it was like a breath of fresh air. It just looks so awkward having the one Flyers logo because the Flyers logo is not, it's not like a circular logo. Yeah. It's not something that really works displayed in that way. So you need the two facing opposite ways. Like the Oilers, the Bruins, the the Sabres. Who else? Who else has a circular logo? Like... Those, I mean, those are the big ones. Yeah, those, like they can do that. It makes sense. Um, the Rangers have that have their shield. Yeah, they have a shield that kind of like. But yeah, the Flyers logo never made sense to just be one logo in the middle. Um, so I, I love that they went back to it. And does this make the Flyers now the only team with a double logo at center ice? Oh, that I have no idea about. I would have to do a deep dive. Yeah. I think one. they might be the only team. Well, regardless, it is a, a move that needed to be made. Yeah. And if Jonesy was the one that pulled that one out, I got to give Jonesy all the props in the world. Honestly, I love it. I love, love, love that. I think I actually have to say I have to give Keith Jones a lot of props because he popped on the broadcast in I think it was last night's preseason game and went on and was talking to JJ and Bush about just what they were doing and the the message from the organization. And it was that moment where I'm like, oh, I see now that it was actually a really smart move to make Keith Jones the president because he can literally hop on TV anytime he wants to give Flyers propaganda. Brilliant move. Yeah. And also, he's just an extremely likable guy. So. Oh, everybody loves Jonesy. That was what when. Remember back to when the hire was made. This came out of left field. Nobody was talking about Keith Jones for this job. And then all of a sudden, Elliot Friedman brought it up and he said, who doesn't love Jonesy? Everyone does. Like, literally, there's not a reason to dislike Keith Jones. Um, None. I, I'll admit, I, I, and I think I speak for just about anyone who is are involved with the Flyers in some way, shape, or form. When he was hired, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> But like what the hell, like the more it's sunk in over these months, it makes total sense. Like he really is an excellent person for this job um, because yeah. he's kind of, and I think he's it's like a great the, idea. He's like the spokesperson for the flyers. That's essentially what his job is. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, he's doing a great job. Like, it, and to have somebody who can just come out there and say, here is what we are doing. Yeah. We hear you. We're working on it. You know, like having somebody that's not afraid to say that 
is actually a breath of fresh air. I really enjoyed that appearance. I hope he keeps doing this throughout the season. Yeah, like, so for example, uh, what, what was the, the guy before Dan Hilferty? What the hell was his <laughs> What was his name? Uh, I already forgot his name. Ed Snyder? No, 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 not a, the guy after Ed Snyder. Oh, oh, I see, I see. Um, He's so insignificant. That's how insignificant he was. He never showed his face. No one knew who the guy in charge of the Flyers was. And Chuck Fletcher was never going to come on and do like a quick TV hit like that. Um, now they're like, now they're, I, I legit can't remember his name. Like that's hilarious that he was that useless. That Dave Scott. Dave Scott. Dave Scott. Dave Scott. Dave Scott. I can't believe we already fucking forgot Dave Scott. <laughs> he totally forgot his name. That's insane. Like Dave Scott never once came on TV and like did like a, I don't want to say state of the union type deal, but that's kind of what Keith Jones did, you know? And honestly, I love that. But even like, even looking at the guys who were in that role, like Paul Holmgren did it while Ron Hextall was GM. Paul Holmgren did a little bit, but not a ton of that. And Chuck Fletcher sure as shit didn't do that. Yeah. But it's cool that like the Flyers now have a president who's not shy about doing that. Like, and I think he's also somebody who's actually heard real people say this fucking sucks. I can't stand this team. Yes. You know, he's heard people actually be displeased. Where it felt like Chuck Fletcher was in this just this dome of uh, just this dome of silence, right? Yeah. Like where he couldn't hear anything bad. They, all the opinions are bad. Everybody just either didn't give a shit about the Flyers or were just so just pissed off about the, the rudderless organization. How often did Chuck Fletcher like talk to fans really? Like, did he ever, I don't think ever did, like, did he ever really like go around and have like a meet and greet with fans or anything like that? Keith Jones. I imagine the only time was at the season ticket holder meetings. Yeah. And even that was just more of just like, Oh yeah, we're trying our best. And then people booed him. Yeah. And then they got fired immediately after. Um, wah, wah. But like Keith Jones is very, very in tune with the mood of the fan base. Not only because, um, I mean, he's he's been covering the team for years as as a broadcaster, and he like you know from the broadcast booth you can hear the, you can hear the mood of the of the fans and all that. But he has done like meet and greets with JJ. Like they have interacted with fans a lot over the years. He, like he knows where things are and he knows where they stand and. Um, at this point, hey, like I know where things are. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I feel like this is uh, honestly like that was a really cool thing that he did, and I agree. I do hope that that's something that he continues to do in the future because I feel like that's something that the fans have been craving just just communication from the higher ups and the from the brass in the organization. That's all they want. Anything, anything at all. Yeah, because yeah. over the last several years, there has been, there have been. No communication. None. None. So it's good. Chuck Fletcher just actively was hiding his head in the sand like a turtle or something or an ostrich. Yeah. And to his defense, like he kind of looked like an ostrich to his defense. He never he was never trained to like, you know, do anything like that. Like, that's not what his job was. His job wasn't to ever do that. Um, Yeah. But Keith Jones, that's an element that he brings that honestly, very few other people in the NHL have. So I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm really, I now get it. You know, we were very skeptical when the Flyers made this hire. And frankly, the president isn't often used for this level of PR, but I'm getting it now. 
Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's a good move and uh, good for Keith. You love to see good it for, for Keith. Keith. He's a good guy, man. Like you just want the best for yeah. Jonesy. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Hello, Jonesy. Now, I would like to end the show. It's funny because we have some preseason issues we could really be talking about, you know, just kind of play a certain guys. But, you know, I feel like we can talk about that all on our our big old season preview yes. next week. And I am excited to do that. I really wanted to end the show talking about one of the most bizarre stories that has come out in recent weeks. And a major NHL resignation caused by the last source you would ever expect. (laughs) And that would be the story of Mike Babcock having to resign from his job because of a story broken on spitting chiclets. Spitting chiclets. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So if you're not familiar with this, uh, Mike Babcock was hired by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Very controversial hire because the, you know, the fucking Mike, Mike Babcock just had a terrible reputation. There's a reason he hadn't been an NHL head coach for a couple of years now. He basically just destroyed the Leafs locker room and was just known for being a giant asshole. And People were not happy he was rehired by the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets being just a bottom-feeding organization in the NHL right now didn't give one single solitary fuck. But then, I think it was Paul Bissonette, right, on Spit and Chickens? Yeah, it was Biz. So, Paul Bissonette comes out and he has this tidbit that he heard from some of the guys on the Blue Jackets that Babcock was calling him into his office and asking to see the photos on their phone, which is weird. It's really weird. It's a weird thing to do. And it kind of blew up from there. I I heard a report at one point, he was asking them to like airplay their pictures to like a TV in an office. And, you know, I also heard that he was just like asking to get their phone and look through whatever the story is. It's weird regardless. And then he tried to play it off. Like, no, I was just asking to look at uh, photos of their family, find out what kind of people they were. Like, but like, yeah, I like, don't, I don't buy that. If it if if it was truly that, if he truly like had meetings with each and every player, and they were, he was like, so how are things off the ice? And they're like, oh, I just got married. And he's like, oh, do you mind if I see some photos of the of the wedding? Like, that's fine, that's okay. And then they pull up the photos of the wedding and they show you. Yeah, that's totally fine and normal behavior. But when you like say, give me your phone. In like, or something, or you make them connect their phone to like the TV right? and they're scrolling. You see all their photos. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, it's weird. He's a weird dude. And like, honestly, when I heard about this story, like when I first heard like these whispers about it, I was honestly in denial because I was like, there's no way this guy is this stupid to be doing something like this as soon as he gets back into the NHL. Like there's, did he learn nothing? And the answer is no. He didn't learn a single thing. Like he didn't learn shit. No, he didn't learn a single thing. And he went back to his old conniving, crazy, lunatic ways. And now he's out of a job again, which is hilarious. And I hope he never gets a job again. Um, also, Yarmo Kekalainen has to be fired. Like, oh, for sure. At, like, like at the a- at the end of the seat, like. I, they, they were. I can't imagine they would have fired him, along with 
Mike Babcock, because then that would just send the entire like entire organizational hierarchy into a flux. But like just a few weeks before the season. Yeah. But there's he cannot survive. Right. Like I you would think. But then again, they let him hire Mike Babcock in the first place. I feel like him hiring my Mike Babcock was like a desperation move because he was already kind of like a little bit on the hot seat. Um. And right, then because this. they signed Gaudreau to that massive deal. Yeah. And, you know, again, we've been down that road. Johnny Gaudreau could have made a lot more, but he made a big swing and he signed Johnny Gaudreau. And this is a team that basically at this point they have. Why'd you do that? Line A. <laughs> right. They have Line A, they have Gaudreau, and they have uh, Warinsky. And then they traded for fucking Ivan Provorov. Like, I, it's a weird. I don't, yeah, there's a lot happening here. And I don't understand that team at all. Uh, me neither. And uh, and then didn't they trade? Didn't they make one more big trade for a defenseman? Um, yes. And I'm forgetting who that defenseman is at the moment. But I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. But like, uh, and honestly, if you look at their decor on paper, like it could be. Excuse me. It could be good. Like, because I mean, listen, we can say what we want about Provorov. He is a good second pair defenseman, like a very good second pair defenseman. He could be a good second pair defenseman. We'll see how he plays. I think. Well, Damon Severson, Severson, the guy that made the trade. Yeah. Yeah. So you got Severson, you got Provorov, you got Wierenski. Who else you got there? Um, Adam Boquist. David Yurichek is coming up. Um, So you got some like a ton of talent on the back end, but like. What a weird team and what a poorly managed team. And I just don't, I, I don't know how he, uh, I don't like, expect him to be the Blue Jackets general manager next offseason. Like Boone Jenner might be their best center. It's insane. Like it's out of control. <laughs> I, I don't know what they're doing. So, But even on top of that, just going back to Babcock, like the fact that he would make that hire which is just so totally unnecessary. Yeah, like that's yeah. the kind of thing you do if you're making a last grasp at relevancy, right? Like if you've got a team that's just needs to get to the finish line, you're like, all right, he's won championships. Let's try this. Or if you're the fucking Flyers, you say, yeah, let's try John Tortorella. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, like, but you know what? You right. know, like, I, I s- Babcock didn't really make sense given the situation they were yeah. in. I still don't hate the John Tortorella hiring for the Flyers because like, I think it was the wrong hire at the wrong time. Well, I I think, or the right hire at the wrong time. Maybe I I think he is serving a much bigger role than just head coach for the Flyers. I can't complain too much because I wanted them to tank. I wanted them to get an amazing talent and they did get an amazing talent despite (laughs) his best efforts. I feel like Torts is playing a role with the Flyers that needed, that they have been lacking. They had been like, uh, honestly, like if they didn't hire John Tortorella, is this rebuild happening right now? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Cause I think shit was going to be bad last year anyway. And it was going to get, cause here's the thing. I think that the Fletcher firing was a possibility from the beginning of the season, as much as the Flyers might try to deny it. And then what really threw everybody over the top was when he did nothing at the yeah, trade deadline. Yeah. He didn't sell at all. He had one piece to really sell. And he did. He said it was too hard. And that pissed everybody off. Yeah. And that was enough. That was the final straw. The JVR was somehow the straw that broke the Fletcher's back. It's honestly funny. He's. Uh, I think he scored tonight for the Bruins. That's nice. 
Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. How about that? Good for him. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I just think this Babcock thing is just so crazy. Just a terrible hiring. And I just, can you imagine going into a job and your boss says, I need to see your phone? I need to see your pictures? Like, <laughs> get the fuck out like, of here. No. What are you no. Get away from me. What are you doing? Like, Leave me alone. Yeah. Like, the fuck? Quit it, lady. You're scaring us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore? Uh, Billy Madison. Cafeteria lady. Easy, lady. You're scaring us. <laughs> I love that line. I don't know why I love that line so much, but I do. That whole scene is hysterical because she comes out. I know. Like, I, I made like, him extra sloppy. I, know, I like him sloppy. It's so good. It's there's it, it is one of the most bizarre, hilarious scenes I can think of. But <laughs> so good. It's so good. They would do better having her as the coach than Mike Babcock. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> oh, you know oh, who would be baby. a great head coach in the NFL? Or NHL, um, the maid from uh, Billy Madison. Oh, she can motivate. She can yeah. motivate. She get you your snack packs. Yeah, she's like, well, if 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 you're not gonna go to school, then you can help me shave my armpits. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then I'm yeah. like, oh god, I'll go. I'm just yeah. Well, I'm I'm just imagining the snack packs going out to like TK and Bobby Brink and Joel Farabee and them being delighted. Oh yeah, of course. Ooh, little puddings. Where's my snack pack? You hear from outside uh, the Voorhees Flyers Training Center. <laughs> Dude, I, I would crush a snack pack right now. I would not. I would. No, I love chocolate pudding. Give it to me right now. I'm going to go get a snack pack right now. Pudding is mid. Yeah, pudding's fine. I, I, I feel like mid is not. <laughs> it might be mid, but you know what? I enjoy that mid. Applesauce is just bad. Oh no! Fuck applesauce. I uh, my dad still resents me for <laughs> he tried to get me to eat applesauce when I was a little kid, and he gave me a soda to wash down the applesauce, and I ended up spewing soda and applesauce all over the wall. That's a horrible two things to combine. It really was, what the and hell? my dad my dad is mad about it to this day, and I'm like, that was your fault. Yeah, that's all you know on him. You know I didn't want that goddamn applesauce. Yeah, that's weird. Like apple. Oh yeah. god, applesauce and like Pepsi or Coke. Coke. No, Coke. We're not a Pepsi household. Whatever it is, I don't know. What it is. Yeah. By the way, Chicago, big Pepsi town. Weird thing. What do you think of the new Pepsi logo, Steve? There's a new Pepsi logo. I didn't even know. There is Google new Pepsi logo. It's better. All right, let's look it up. It's better than whatever the hell it was. Um, you're talking about mid. The new Pepsi logo is mid. It's better than what I don't. I don't like the black Pepsi wording with the red, white, and blue. I agree. I I don't think that's that's a good that's a bad color clash right there. I agree. I think it should be something else. But they're as uh, bad as the flyer sleeve numbers. Like because they're clearly going retro. Just make it blue lettering. Just make it retro. Yeah. Just go back and make it retro. Like, you don't have to make it, like, retro-retro, but, like, you don't have to do this black thing. Like, I don't know. It's weird. But... It's weird. I don't really care for it. It is funny because I have a very bizarre fantasy football team naming structure this season. Uh, And this is all because I watched a documentary recently on... uh, So, Dana Carvey was a, a big 
SNL guy back in like the 80s and 90s, plays Garth in Wayne's World. And he very briefly had his own sketch show on ABC. And there is a documentary about it called Too Funny to Fail. And they had assembled like one of the funniest writers rooms of all time, like Steve Carell, Steve Colbert. uh, You know, obviously there's problems now, but Louis Mm C.K., Robert Smigel. There were some unbelievable. Charlie fucking Kaufman was in there. There were unbelievable talents. It's a really good documentary. I checked that out. But um, the thing was. Throughout the season, the eight episodes of the Dana Carvey show is they have they would have like a sponsor for each episode. And then that sponsor would quit after they would see the content in the episode and they would make fun of the sponsors in like brutal ways. So I've been naming my fantasy football team like it was like the Mountain Dew Dana Carvey show, the Diet Mug Root Beer Dana Carvey Uh show. So I've been doing the Mountain Dew Steve fantasy football team. The and this week it's the the Pepsi stuff. Steve fantasy football team. Uh, so Pepsi is playing into my week. I love that. I, yeah, I guess it is just kind of following you around. Isn't that funny how that works? It is funny how that works. And the other thing I think of with Pepsi is I think of George Costanza talking about going to a party and they're talking about bringing wine and he goes, I don't like wine. I like Pepsi. Yeah. I just think of, and I know I've told this story on Floyd Perbly I think a couple times before, but just like the fact that we like tricked my dad into be- drinking Coke because we told him, <laughs> right. we told him that like, according to studies, if you drink Pepsi, you're a Democrat. And so we started drinking right. Coke after that. <laughs> Got him. He's like, Oh God, liberals. And that's, I'm like, all right. All right. That's, uh, that is dad. What are you thinking there? Yeah. So <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. All right, folks. Well, you know what? We wanted to keep it tight mainly because I want to watch the rest of the Phillies game. <laughs> we're in the, the bottom of the eighth right now, and it's tight. Tight. It's tight, but it's a three-to-one game, but we're, or it's the top of the eighth right now. But anyway, it's a tight game. I want to get to it. And guess what? We're back on a regular weekly schedule. All right. You are getting podcasts weekly. And guess what? We're going to start filling the new feed with other podcasts soon. All right. Shit is going to start happening. Thank you for coming back and subscribing. Tell your friends. Rate and all that shit on Apple podcasts and Spotify and all that. Okay. Do it. Some parting words real quick from me before we go. I do want to say like we, so of course fly purbly, we are not going anywhere. We are continuing to wreak havoc um, in your podcast feed. Um, The new pods, we don't know quite what they're going to look like, but we know that they are coming. And when they do come, Bear with us for a couple, give us a couple of weeks. We're going to be like working out some minor kinks here and there. It's not going to be perfection right from the get-go, but we're going to be doing everything we can to give you some unique, fun listening um, that will help get you through whatever the hell it is that the Flyers are putting you through. So um, we are looking forward to this next iteration of Broad Street Hockey's podcast, I guess, network? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. It's, it's, I'm very excited to see, to be part of what's, what's coming down the road. Oh yeah. I'm pumped. I am re-energized. Let's do it to it. And thank you all for sticking with us. Those who have stuck with us. And, you know, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You guys are awesome. And I always love meeting you at events and hearing your stories of like, 
I don't know how you enjoy the podcast, how it's gotten you through your tedious jobs and things like that. Like, I love it. I love hearing about it. Keep telling me about it and reach out to us. Like social media is kind of a shit show right now. Uh, I'm kind of transitioning out of Twitter or X or whatever it is, because it's getting worse and worse by the day. And I'm trying to do more on Blue Sky. So I'm still on Twitter and X. I'm still checking it, but I'm posting less on there. But it's Flyperbole. It's Estee Bomb. I have both of those on Blue Sky. Flyperbole on Instagram. Flyperbole on TikTok. Quigs, where can the people find you for feedback and all that jazz? You can find me on all the apps at Ryan Quigs with a Z. Thanks. Quigs with a Z, baby. Oh, yeah. So follow all that, and I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm running out of steam. <laughs> You're just like, game. oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Going to burst through the wall like the Kool-Aid man now. But, yeah, folks, we love you all. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Oh, and go fightings. Said. Wow, 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 wow. This podcast was brought to you by Bet Online. Be sure to check them out for all of your gambling needs.